combination of velvety soft bath hands and some real thud in the back, leading to moments like this. And McConaughey, and he's snaking his way through. And in Clark to Glanville, fucking a singer is standing, waiting, pouncing. Big Joel makes his a double. Oh, he's gone through on his own. Josh Matabesi, ender of worlds, destroyer of walls. Spencer whips it away. Beautifully done. Gavin scores. The two young bucks who underline their love of this place earlier in the week. Orlando Bailey and Max Ajomo conspire in thrilling fashion. Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug. The rugby podcast by the fans, for the fans. Plugging the boys in blue, black and white. My name is Gabriel and to talk a little bit about a come down to earth, I am joined as ever by my good friend and fellow Bath fan Tom. Tom, lovely to see you. Lovely to see you, mate. Yeah, the unbeaten streak, I think we got to six or seven games in the Premiership is... Um, is that an end? But yeah, still top of the league, mate. Still top of the league, but certainly some some Monday blues for me on Monday. Obviously, Bath's record coming to an end. A defeat against the old enemy, Leicester Tigers, at mm. a wet wreck. And also the end of the World Cup. South Africa, of course, eventually coming out on top. Johan van Grans, South Africa, we heard from him previewing the World Cup so fantastically when we spoke to him. And it was his side... <laughs> Previewing every World Cup since the, the dawn of mankind, but yeah. It was his side that came out on top, and England, our side, coming in third. We will talk all about all three of those games here on the podcast, but how are you, mate? I'm good, mate, I'm good, and um, welcome back to uh, all our listeners who have been focusing on France and, and focusing on the World Cup. Um, I understand that it's obviously dominated... Rugby headlines, rugby media, you know, social media, everything. It, it is now over as a fantastic competition, but we've been here every week. And gee, we're three games into the Premiership now. We're nearly a quarter of the way through the Premiership season already. And um, yeah, people can turn around. Is that right? No way is that right. Is that not right? There's 10 teams. We play 18 games. 18. So we're nearly a quarter. So after, after next week, we'll be nearly a quarter. So well into the Premiership season, all right? Top of the league, well into the Premiership season. But I think a lot, I do think, on a serious point, I mean, I don't know what went on there, but I do think on a serious point that, you know... That wasn't a serious point. Many people won't... Have, oh, can we start again? Many people <laughs> won't have engaged with the Premiership at all. And, you know, we were on TNT for the first time this week. It was a grim spectacle, as we'll talk about. Mm. And I think Bar fans who support the club but have obviously been focusing on the World Cup will now be turning their eyes to it and it's, it's been a, a good start to the season Saturday aside It has been a good start to the season you say we do stay top of the league two wins from our three games and I think it is going to be so close and apart from maybe Newcastle which I will keep saying it does feel like almost everybody can beat everyone and, and I think yeah. to win two from three we would have taken at the start of the season I think with two Strong team certainly in that lineup, and and to be top of the table is really, really good to see. I am, of course, talking about the twenty four twenty five loss to Leicester Tigers. Um, before we delve into it, and, and maybe for the first time of this season, it's important to remind our listeners that this is the Bath Rugby Plug, brought to you by Black and White Butchers. Tom Dunn's 
very own black and white butchers. It certainly looked like a day for a nice warming hog roast. And Tom Dunn, unlike everybody else, at one point pretty much had his top off after a little scrap with the Leicester hooker. And if you want a rig like Tom Dunn, the only way you can get that is through many a hog roast from black and white butchers at the next home game. Check out their stand near the Swift Half and check out Tom Dunn's black and white butchers Instagram um, at black and white butchers. Let's get into the game, Tom, and uh, the bath game. Um, and I think we've just watched it back. We obviously watched it on Saturday and it, it's, it's a tough one to kind of get a narrative to, get into the detail of, because despite there being 49 points, it was a really kind of arm wrestle affair, a game in which the conditions had the kind of upper hand on both sides. And it was really errors and ill discipline that, that eventually cost us and, and, and caused it to be so close. Yeah. And I think it's one of those games where ultimately the stats kind of do highlight just what sort of a game it was and, and kind of without wanting to put too much pressure on your maths this evening, which does seem to be not up shaky to standard. Start. It was a shaky start. Kind of maybe highlight some of those stats, which which kind of bear out the, the tail. Yeah, the just, just just bear out the conditions and, you know, fair play to the, the you know, fans that turned out. Not quite a, a full house, but good turnout, and particularly in the open temporary stand. Mm. It looked absolutely. I mean, they were they were just drenched mm. in the in the last part of the game, and those sorts of conditions do make a make the game a lot closer, but b just mean that teams are not willing to take risk. And as you say, that's borne out by some of the statistics. So, eighty kicks from hands in the game, forty-one for Bath and thirty-nine for Leicester. And when you think that game time usually about 52, 54 minutes of, of actual playtime. It would have been less than that in, in this game. That's an incredible amount of kicking. You compare that with the number of passes in the game. So mm. 153 passes in the game. So, you know, a, a fair chunk above half the number of kicks compared to passes. So that's just, just how much. Finn Russell only passed the ball four times <laughs> in the whole game, which is which is crazy. And then game line carries as well. I mean, looking back at some games last season, particularly in, in the summer when, you know, conditions were better and you're seeing game line carries in the sort of 80, 90 region for, for, for teams. Leicester carried 21 times for 140 metres. So, um, yeah, absolutely dire conditions. And as you say, it made it hard for us or, or either team to, to string together consistent passages of play because mm. A, there was so much kicking. B, there were a lot of errors. It wasn't the highest quality of of rugby yeah. of uh, that, that took place that weekend for sure um, and see when when you get on the wrong side of the referee obviously um, you know he was he was he was pretty happy to give penalties yeah and a lot of those metres a lot of those 143 metres that Leicester made came from collecting and returning Arcades, bath kicks yeah. right there wasn't a lot of quality their one try came from a, a pretty comprehensive rolling mall in the second half and, and the rest of their points came from the Pretty spectacular performance from Jamie Shilcock. Um, and we will get into to all of the details of, of the game and kind of work through it chronologically. But I think also it's important to point out, as you kind of alluded to there, Tom, that this relatively poor spectacle, albeit a close nail-biter, was watched once again by a not-a-full-house at the wreck. Noticeable empty seats. And JP Trubb got in touch with us, amongst others, on Twitter, just saying that, 
we need to again highlight the the fact that there was a lot of empty seats and the fact that the ticket prices do yeah. remain high. I think eighty one pound for this game to sit behind the posts, nearly a hundred pounds I think to be in the the what was effectively flooded temporary stand towards the end of the game. So yeah, I think important to to highlight you touched on it at the start of the season. Yeah, just like massively increased ticket prices and you know I've been looking down looking at going down for some some weekends from 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 here in London but before Christmas and you know that extra twenty percent on the on the ticket price really does 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 add up. So um you know particularly if you're buying a few tickets and, and you've got fans going with 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 friends and families. It's not the way to attract new fans to the game when when the tickets are, are, are that expensive. One other thing on conditions as well. Given that Bath is right on a on a floodplain next to next to the river, there when conditions are like that, the pitch does really suffer, and we've seen it become a bit of a swamp in the past. Mm. They've raised the level of the the ground since then slightly, but I still think that you know the pitch was. Um, in pretty bad condition. I mean, I said to you when we were watching the game back, it looked a bit like a field at times, um, getting really cut up. That it didn't look like particularly um, good turf. And Bath, our statement actually to say that they were carrying out repairs to the to the pitch over the two week period we've got before the game against Bristol. So whether that was Premiership Rugby getting in touch with them and saying, look, this isn't of the quality we need, but yeah, conditions like we have, make it even harder for teams to to, 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 to string together much quality at the rack. Yeah, definitely a tough one for the ground staff there. Yeah, given, given what they're working with, and mm. definitely one of those days where I think all involved, uh, looking forward even more to the Stadium for Bath, which we're going to come on to in a bit more detail, actually, towards the end of this podcast. Um, it kind of started off um, pretty dire. Uh, Shilcock kicked an early penalty to to put them into the lead. And then perhaps the first and only real bit of quality came from Bath with the first try that they scored. Finn Russell cross-kick from a set scrum, gathered beautifully by Will Muir in the rain, and he slid over in the corner for, for, for Bath's first try. That, that was nice and, and an early sign of, of what wasn't ultimately to come. Yeah, nice nice moment. As you say, probably that only real touch mm. of, of quality, lovely identification of, of space from Russell and then perfect kick for, for Muir to collect. Um, not quite sure about the dive. He kind of like dives on the ball and it, it, it popped out. It wasn't, um, it wasn't the, the, the most aesthetic finish from, from Will Muir, but his strike rate is, is very, very strong. Yeah. 19 tries in, in only 35 appearances, obviously him having missed a lot of last season. And um, yeah, Max did a much better job on the slide. If you, if you watch the replay from from um, from from in front of where he scores, Max just dives in through the swamp um, for the celebration. Um, yeah, they look to enjoy that one. Yeah, boys were up, but um, boys went up in many other areas through that first half. We were making a lot of errors, more errors than Leicester. Um, Russell missed touch at, at one point going for the corner. I think the penalty penalty count early was four to nil yeah. and Leicester just chipping away and it, was a, it was a comment that um, sorry to interrupt but it was a comment mm. that Van Graham made when they went to him you know what's so important in conditions like that is field position that's, mm. that's I mean you know you give away penalties you give away field position and that first half Leicester had 64% of, of mm. territory overall which just meant that it allowed them to dictate the pace of the game it allowed them to, to get penalties in range for, for Shilcock to, to nail 
Yeah, it did. It certainly did. And, and, and yeah, that, that ill-discipline certainly plays a part. And when we did get the opportunity, as I say, we missed it. And, and Shilcock was was impeccable pretty much um, from the tee. 8-9 it was at half-time. Not a brilliant advert. Certainly more errors from Bath. Um, into the second half, we get near the line. Um, a Wells yellow card probably should have been a penalty try, but Tom's the tight eventually crashed over. He looks a real nice ball carrier from, from close range as well as a strong scrummage. Yeah, he's, he's, he's got a couple like that. He looks really explosive. And, you know, for a tall man, he gets in really good positions to kind of burrow over the line. And yeah, scrummaging again, I'm, again, was, was, was saying to you earlier, so he's gone tight head, loose head, tight head now in his three premiership appearances, one off the bench and, and, and two starts. And, you know, I think he looks to be finding his range and finding his confidence in both departments. What I really like is that even if the kind of scrum seems fairly solid, he's always trying to work mm. angles um, and he, he never kind of, um, he never gives up on, on the, like on, on the push itself. He's, he, he looks to be an aggressive scrummager and I'm, I really like the look of it actually. He was impactful and impactful again with his try. That was really the, the kind of peak from Bath's point of view. That put us 18, 12 yeah. ahead um, and from 18-12 with, with 20 minutes, 15 minutes to go, we, we started to to kind of com- compound a few errors. Um, so we were just outside the 22 at one point, dropped it, um, and then we charged it down soon after, but Clurter then dropped it again and then gave a penalty away for them to, um, to, to, well, to, to clear their lines. Yeah, I mean, you know, something that you spoke about either last week or the week before, mm. We like the fact that Chris Clifford's always up for the fight and brings some aggression and some kind of, um, you know, he's, he's very, very hard-nosed, very, very abrasive. But we also said at that point that it can spill over. Mm. And I think we saw that in, 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 in well, in a, on a couple of occasions, but in that episode in particular, you know, there's no need to take the, the cheap shot there after he's dropped the ball, obviously he's frustrated. And when you're in such a good position like that and you can pin a team back in those conditions... Giving them that easy and out yeah. is a shame, and particularly when they then go on to find a great touch finder from the um, on-screen penalty and then drive over for the try. It was a, you know, when they watched that game back, there was a, a few moments like that. But I think you know that Clurter penalty, it's just it's just a bit brainless. Yes, in, in tight games like that, it, it costs you. So that was the penalty that was kind of on the Tigers' line. So. And I can't talk out of both sides of my mouth here. So so I'm going to repeat that I like that element to Chris Clurter. And occasionally it might just go over the line, but I love the fact that he lives on the line. And I want us to be a little bit nastier. I want us to have a little bit of a gnarly edge. So on this occasion or on that occasion, it, it, it did go against us. But I'm, I, can't, I can't sit here and go, oh, I want him to back off there because I, last week or two weeks ago, I was saying just how much I was enjoying it. I think there's ways you can do it. I think you can... You can start a few handbags and you can always be the man that's in the middle of the handbags. But I think that was just a bit of a blatant cheap shot and I don't think it was really warranted at all. And I think that's what referees kind of kind of don't want to see. But yeah, he is he he, he is hard nosed and we'll probably enjoy it more than we criticise it. Mm. We then get a line out and the line out does start to fall apart. I think a, a couple of people on Twitter um, pointed out that it was the line-out at the end which which really didn't help us. So a line-out which we overthrew, they gathered it, we, they kind of won the penalty then from there, kicked into the corner and, and pretty easily rolled over to give them an 
19 lead at that point. Um, and then from there, it was sort of error, error, error from, from both sides, letting the other side back in, exchanging penalties. And I think ultimately it was Bath that made the final error with the clock in the red almost that cost us the game. Yeah, just, just, just trading penalties then, I think. At this point, we should say that ex-Bath man Jamie Shilcock, mm. his, his kicking was absolutely fantastic. I mean, the, the penultimate penalty that he kicked from another offside, an over-eager offside from, from Chris Clurter. I mean, it's, it's probably not far off a 50-metre shot from, from the 40-metre um, line, but out wide to the, to the right. And he finds it so easily. He actually kicked it into the, the middle tier um, of, the, of the stand behind. So... He was striking it fantastically, and I think you know he did miss one kick. We missed we missed a conversion. Did we miss a penalty as well? No, no, just a conversion. So, but but, but the, the the distances that he was kicking from were were very very impressive. And then at the end as well, I mean, it's a big pressure kick that for a relatively young guy, and he 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 nailed it. We had Jamie Shilcock on our books. Mm. Do we win this game with Jamie Shilcock at ten and not Finn Russell? I don't think <laughs> I. I'll take Finn Russell. Put it like that. <laughs> Do we win this game with Jamie? I, I doubt. I doubt Jamie Shilcock's putting in a cross kick like that. Indeed, he tried one at the end um, before the last penalty and it didn't quite go as well. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I don't think it was the day for Finn, but but Shilcock was outstanding. Obviously, the final error from Bath. We 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 got our noses in front. Seventy nine minutes, <sighs> twenty four twenty two at that point gather a restart, two phases and clear, and, and you're three mm. from three in the Premiership. Jakob Kutsia, not played a lot of minutes this season, drops the restart, and then from the ensuing scrum, we give the penalty away, which allows Shawcock to, to kick the winning points. Really frustrating that we made back-to-back errors there when the game was was kind of ours to win. Yeah, uh, and, and you know, you only have to look at the reaction of Van Graan in the stands, he's shaking his head um, vociferously when that ball was dropped by Jakob Kutsia. He gets very, very chest onto it. You know, normally the dry ball, you'd expect that to stick, but I think in those conditions, gotta turn your body, and that's what you're told as a as a kid. Turn your body. If you do drop it, it'll go back. Um, it's it's an elementary error, and yeah, one that I mean, there, there, there were a few errors, right? There were a few silly penalties. I thought. Josh McNally, mm. he had a couple of instances where he just gives away brainless penalties straight in front of the referee, stepping over the ruck mm. on one occasion and just giving the penalty away. Ben Spencer then addresses the referee in, in, in a bit of a Owen Farrell-style um, confrontational northern way, maybe, I, I would say, and argues back and you know gets March 10, gets into shortcuts range, and, um, and, 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 and he nails that. So I think... There were definitely areas of the game, there were definitely moments of that game that we should have managed better. And I think scoring two tries at home, having the physical dominance that we did at, at times during that game, I think that's a game that we feel we, sh- we should have won, but errors cost us. Yeah, and, and we conceded 13 points in the last 15 minutes of the game, at which point they were down to 14 men as well. So mm. I think you've got to close that game out better. Yeah. Um, but, yeah... And it's the penalty, penalty count as well, right? I mean, nine penalties that Leicester conceded and, and we scored a 15, nine of which were, were in our own half, right? And when you got, We conceded 15? Yeah. And when you, oh, sorry, 13 penalties. Going well tonight, isn't it? 13 <laughs> penalties, but nine in our own half. And when you've got a kick, yeah. kicking that well, both from hand into the corner and then from the tee, it, 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 you know, 
it is going to cost you. And you know, what's annoying as well is that I was looking down that Tigers team sheet, and I know that it wasn't a game for the backs, really, but it's complete, unrecognisable pick-a-mix of a Tiger side, mm. which is being coached by a new guy. Their coaching setup's completely changed. You know, Rogerson, London Irish, first season. Whiteley, first season from Bristol. Shilcock, first season was at Bath, and then in Japan. Hassel Collins, first season. Bassett, first season. Brown only joined in, in, in January 2023. You contrast that to us, which is a, t- you know, a team that is starting to show some real consistency. And I think, again, you know, keep emphasising this point, but when conditions are like that, when the referee hasn't really got a control on the game and it feels a bit of a lottery, I think the togetherness and the experience of playing together is something that you should make count. You should be able to manage the game better mm-hmm. than that. And um, I think you could tell by the Leicester reaction that that was a, a game that they they were really, really pleased to win. Yeah, ultimately, though, uh, we're one drop ball away from winning it. Yeah. And it's a completely different conversation that we're having. We're having a conversation of a team that are turning over Leicester and have gone three from three. So such fine margins. And, and as we said at the start, mm. those conditions do bring the teams closer and mean that just little fine margins. And I think, from my point of view, if that game had gone on for 85 minutes, Leicester probably would have made the last mistake and we'd have won it. Or 75 minutes, we'd have won it. It's just whoever was going to make that kind of last back-breaking error to give the other team mm. a shot. And, and it just fell that it was us, I think. Yeah, and, and you're completely right. It goes back to your first point. It's going to be an unbelievably tight season, both mm. because of how tight, how you know how close the teams are together, but also kind of the, the, the brutal fixture list and the fact that you've got internationals returning now at different periods, having mm. different rest periods. Some teams will progress in Europe. Some will prioritise the premiership. So I think, you know... Mad, you look at the table, outside of Newcastle who haven't won a game, the the four uh, bottom teams after that are Saracens, Leicester, Northampton and Sale, the top four mm. that ended last season. So I think we will see a lot of a lot of turnover. Um and you're right, it is gonna come down to, to fine margins, but um yeah, you know, and, and and if we were a Leicester podcast, we'd we'd be talking about some of the errors and the penalties that Leicester gave away. But I think there were some uncharacteristic mistakes that that you know we will regret not being sharper on. Real frustrating one, for sure, on Saturday. Saturday also saw the World Cup final. Ooh, as just one, sorry, just mm. one more thing. Um, another uh, favourite of this this particular podcast, sadly not a friend of the podcast, but uh, Somerset legend, the nut, Jack Leach, was, <laughs> was in attendance. Thoroughly enjoyed that. People talk about the magician being Finn Russell. I, 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 I beg to differ, and I know you'll agree. So nice to see... Um, uh, Alfie Barbary's uh, uh, PR man, uh, Greg James, <laughs> and, and also Jack Leach and Jimmy Anderson in attendance. But otherwise, a few empty seats, Drew. There was a, a few empty seats. Um, but I've had a good game. I think we, we must say, willing carrier, the leading carrier, got a Paul Roger. So um, I think he got a Paul Roger. We haven't got any Paul Roger yet. We haven't, we haven't had a Paul Roger. Yeah, top carrier, um, 12 carries. And top on meters made as well, which was um, yeah, Roger, impressive. Willing, but not probably quite as effective as I think he will start to become. Hopefully, Roger, if you're listening, we're, we're uh, yeah, we're all ready to sell out. Don't worry about that. <laughs> um, let's Cup. move on. Then. World Cup, World Cup, yeah, World Cup. So South Africa took the main prize. Let's talk a little bit about England and a, a standout performance from one of Bath's very own. Yeah, lovely to see Sam Underhill back involved, kind of. A little bit surprised to see him come mm. straight into the 
the the starting lineup. But obviously, you know, it's it's I guess it's been a um, a long campaign, and obviously, third, fourth playoff probably you know I think it's the game that probably matters least in a way in the whole World Cup. But um, anyway, good to see him back in England colours because I, I think we we both think thought or, or thought that he. He he deserved to at least be in the in the wider squad and yeah picked up the man of the match award. I think he made twenty four tackles in the game. <laughs> he was storming around. Um, that'd be nice for listeners. He was storming <laughs> around, uh, being his as usual brutal self, absolutely leveling people. And yeah, I think Lee Blackett said in the week that he's been quite surprised. He, you know, we all know he can do that, but he's been quite surprised how good he is on the ball and mm. and, and how much that part of his game has come on. So yeah, a complete performance from. From Sam, and you look at Jack Willis, you know, going back to Toulouse, he won't be available for, mm. for selection for England, and also Courtney Law's retiring, and you think that hopefully that's just made his 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 position um, and his standing with Steve Borthwick even even better going forward. Because I do think, although he'll be lost to Bath, I do want to see him in England colours. Yeah, he was outstanding, and he's actually back along with Will Stewart in the Bath squad. And apparently, certainly Underhill, available for selection mm. on Saturday. We will get to that game. But before we do, I think it's an important point for us to make yeah. is around the stadium for Bath. Now, this has been going around on socials and, and we will share it on socials. Um, and, and, and I'm sure most listeners will be aware. But with the final application for the stadium of Bath going to the Bath and North East Somerset Council... It is now an opportunity for supporters of the Stadium for Bath to kind of register that support online. Go to the Bath website, go to our Twitter feed, go to wherever to, to find the link to register your support and kind of put a message on there as to, to kind of the benefits of this Stadium for Bath. The deadline for this to register your interest or register your kind of support is Saturday the 4th of November. So this upcoming Saturday, as we record, really important that all Bath fans kind of get behind this, especially if you were sat in the temporary stand on Saturday. I'm sure yeah. you're keen to get behind this if you finally dried off enough to, to use your phone. So get behind it. We both have, and, and it's important, I think, that all Bath fans do. Yeah, it takes like less than five minutes to do, you know, write a message of support, register your your your, your, your interest. Um, and I think I checked about a week ago and already 900 fans had, had written in in support. So, you know, hopefully that number's a lot higher and we should be able to get that into um, into the thousands and beyond quite comfortably, I think. Um, Probably the tens of thousands that listen to this, we, we, we've just put it through the roof, haven't we? Uh, must have. <laughs> we won't be at the wreck this upcoming Saturday. We'll be on the road again and we'll be facing Northampton Saints. Northampton Saints find themselves in seventh place. One win so far this season, which came last weekend in a pretty ugly 14-16 affair at, um, at Newcastle. You'll remember, Tom, we played them in the pre-season in what was an absolute thriller, a thrilling second-half comeback for Saints at Franklin's Gardens had a quick look at the weather forecast for Northampton and I think for everywhere this weekend and it looks like it's going to be another wet one so we probably won't see as much exciting rugby as we saw in that pre-season game but obviously a hell of a lot more on the line this game 
what are your expectations from a Bath point of view um, for against Northampton Saints? Well, yeah, obviously top four side last season, as I mentioned, but uh, a poor start to, to the season so far. And we watched back some of the highlights from the 14-16 the, the, the win at Newcastle. They scraped past and some better game management from Newcastle at the end. Um, could have meant that Newcastle recorded their, their first win of the season and would have stuck Saints, Saints squarely bottom. Um, there wasn't many highlights. There wasn't many highlights. It was about three minutes, and we saw a try in the first <laughs> ten minutes, and then a series, a, a, a Newcastle try towards the end, and then a series of of uh, breakdowns and penalty, <laughs> and that was it. I think it was two minutes thirty seven. So um, I'm not sure what the the TNT were doing um, up at uh, up at up at Kingston Park that day. But yeah, um, I, I really liked the Northampton. Saints squad, as I said to you, I think particularly in in the backs, they're they're very very happy. I think Finn Smith's a, a really good signing. Hutchinson, Dingwall, Furbank, they're 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 a good side. Up front, I think they're a little bit weaker, um, but I think a big part of that will be how quickly they get their internationals returning into the, into the fold. Um, you know, a few of those obviously to come back. Courtney Laws very unlikely to play, but Lewis Ludlam. Um, you've also got David Ribbons, uh, second mm-hmm. row, who I think is a, a, a decent player as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's strange that they've started so poorly, but it's probably a, bit, a little bit of the World Cup effect. I think games at the moment seem really hard to call mm-hmm. because we don't really know who's going to be selected. We don't know how much Bath are going are gonna to turn over. It was eight changes prior to the, the Leicester game. So I don't really know what's going to happen, but, I mean, the form book has to has to point to us and you know in very grim conditions that's got to be something that's suited to our to our game plan yeah I think so I, I think you're right they do look a decent side when they've got those guys back but I think at this moment in time they do look a little bit vulnerable up front um, and I think that's an area that, that that we can hopefully hopefully dominate but it's so hard to call recording on a Wednesday evening when last away game at Saracens, we changed all three front rows. Yeah. Um, and we may do that again, and, and who knows if Stewart's going to be involved, who knows if Underhill's going to be involved. So it is really difficult to call, and that's kind of reflected in, in the bookies' odds, who have Northampton as favourites by one point, which is effectively a pick and game with them being at home. And, and I, I think that's probably about right. I, I, I do think we've got a good chance of winning this game. Um, hopefully it's not too wet and, and we see some some good rugby. I would love to see Underhill come straight straight in, to be honest. He must be flying and, and he chomping at the bit to get back on the field after that performance on Friday night. And I don't want to see too much rotation, but I understand that, that we're... Well, we're apparently a quarter of the way through the season at Game 3, but Game 4 of... Including a, the Premiership Rugby Cup. I think that's what I'm thinking about. Game Let's 4 of, that. of a long season and a long chunk of games until... 16 straight weekends. Until the Six Nations. Until the 27th so of January, yeah. Will be a tight game um, and hopefully hopefully Bath come out on, on, the, on the winning side. Yeah, and we win and we stay top. And that's the mentality. For, to, for 16 games until Six Nations yeah, and just, until the just, end. Just cruise. Just cruise. <laughs> Love stop, the stop the count now. Stop the count now. <laughs> yes. Um... Thank you, Tom, for joining me. Thank you, listeners, for listening. Welcome back, if Tom is right, and there's some that have taken a bath hiatus, and, and thank you for those that have stuck with us from the start of the season and from season six. Um, 
enjoy the rugby this weekend. Full focus back on the Gallagher Premiership. And if you're going to Franklin's Gardens, which I know a lot of you are, enjoy the trip and stick behind the boys through thick and